Welcome back to the Kearns and Doe Show, the only uh, podcast on the internet that not only supports allowing marijuana use in the UFC, it actually thinks that it should go the full haul. And uh, if you legalize it completely, you can sign me up. I'll get a contract and I will smoke bongs on the way to the ring to fight for you. Well, I think it should be compulsory to smoke weed in the UFC. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Cones and Doe Show. Get down! Yeah, we're back, just making love to the mic. Um, it's good to see my colleague again. It's a lovely day outside. It's spring. Good day to be in the studio. <laughs> good day to be locked behind blinds. Um, I, I've made a bit of a, a resolution, I suppose, after hearing myself talk back. Is I swear far too much. And, you know, I aspire to be like Jesus Christ, not Sarah Silverman. So I've decided to try and rein in my swearing. I don't know how we'll manage. Um, yeah, Sarah Silverman kind of looks like Jesus Christ. They're both Jews. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> uh, well, we've, we've been talking a little bit about MMA recently. I, I read an article during the week that Ronda Rousey said she likes to have a lot of copious sexual intercourse before games. Really? Yeah, she wrote that in an article. Apparently, it helps <laughs> her quite a bit. So that's pretty cool. What's your take? Like, on that? So highly wound up, and you, you can just sort of release it all. <laughs> yeah. Would be, be at peace with going going to the ring and potentially getting your face mashed in? Because I've heard in some male sports that the coaches encourage... They tell you to abstain, don't Yeah, they, they tell yeah. you to abstain, right? Like, no, it's like mm. letting out your your male essence or something. I wonder if that's... Maybe it's just the um, it's that old patriarchal view that women don't have as much of a sex drive when really that's just bullshit. No, no, it's fucking sexist bullshit. <laughs> anyway. no, that's, that's quite interesting. I, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't have expected that, but that's yeah, pretty cool. I don't know. Biology will always be a, a big mystery, I suppose. <laughs> so, what have you been up to this week? Not much, bro. Just uh, just hanging out. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who's been listening to our stuff. Yeah, it's pretty gold. Cheers for all the the views and the likes. Yeah. Cheers for the views and the likes, indeed. Um, last week we were talking about some sort of. Was it last week? I think transgender issues and the LGBT movement and all that kind of thing. Well, that's about all we talk about. That, <laughs> that Muslims and killer robots, I think, covers 90% of our show. So, go on. I ran across this article on um, on Sydney Morning Herald, I think it was, which is talking about this village where boys become... or well, girls become boys at puberty. It's like this weird... Broken hill? <laughs> it's like a gene that has come into play in this community and... Um, Basically, the people in this village in Dominican Republic have uh-huh. inherited this gene where they appear to be girls until the time they hit puberty, and then they grow a penis and go through puberty at like age twelve. And they've even got names names for the the girls that become boys and stuff. It's sure. so common, like this genetic thing has sort of been taken up there. And what weirdo? <laughs> I just thought it was crazy because it's sort of like it throws a spanner and all that shit about like you know the transgender stuff and how unnatural it is these people seem like this naturally gender morphing kind of you know genetic 
variation. A genetic deformity that has stunned scientists. Despite appearing to be girls at birth, they are biologically male, and only when they approach puberty do they develop male organs. So this isn't some weird fucking voodoo folk thing. It is actually... It just seems like a genetic variation that's sort of been picked up in this one area and it's been, you know, it's sort of been artificially bred into the population by people. Or maybe it's just inherent to that natural population and the fact that they keep breeding with each other has made it more prominent. Or... Well, are you sure that they don't just have, like, big clits? Or... <laughs> I mean, I'll have to read a little bit more about it, but fuck, Dominican Republic sounds crazy. Uh, I think it... I've read, I've read the article. It just says that the um, the genomes that trigger that stuff don't get triggered in the womb like they do with normal children. It actually takes until this point at puberty where the gonads on the inside, because females have gonads as well that sure. are like inside, and then and then they become stimulated by the by puberty and they grow a penis and go through male puberty at twelve That's after so having experienced kind of life as a girl for. 10 or 12 years. That's really weird. Well, it looks like Dominican Republic's a hot new destination for sex tourism. It looks like they're, um, sounds like they're genetically, politically correct. <laughs> yeah, they are. And I think it's a good new market for brides to America and the West. Um, once sort of gay or transgender marriage is more established, you'll be able to, rather than just get your old boring, like, blonde from the Ukraine or whatever, you'll be able to really get a progressive male-order bride. <laughs> um, I sort of... It's weird, though, because, like, I was... It's hard not to be sceptical sometimes of Bullshit. like the transgender articles and that where you're like, well, I've always felt like a girl. And then you're, you know, like it's guilty, but sometimes you'll be like questioning that, whether it's like these outside sources. Hmm. But then you read an article like this where it's like genetically it seemed like it's been a girl for the first part of its life, then becomes a boy. Hmm. And then they're interviewing this, this girl that's become a boy through this sure. transitional period and... Um, he said he always felt like a boy and that totally makes sense you know like in other instances you'd be like oh shoot that down it seems like humans are all fucked up but then in this instance it's like well he naturally is a girl that becomes a boy and he always felt like he was a boy do you reckon this is what Aphex Twin wrote girl boy song about (laughs) this is crazy but it's it seems quite different to the western thing I mean I'm not a sexual geneticist unfortunately but um yeah, it seems a bit different to hear when you've got little Johnny and, like, the mum just, like, really wanted a girl or, like, a gay kid and is buying him crazy, like, girls' underwear and forcing it on him. This seems like... I don't know. It's weird. Thailand and I know some of the Pacific Islanders have some other similar strange... Um, Genetic you know, variations and stuff. I, I thought... It, I was under the impression it was more sort of cultural practices that are sort of long-standing sort of gender-bending practices, like, in Thailand. That have then imprinted on the... I don't know about genetically, but say Thailand is... a country where sort of that blurring of the gender lines is a long-held tradition it's not this new sort of 20th century progressive thing like lady boys ha 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 but that's a long tradition going back and i know in the middle east they've got like this whole eunuch thing and you know as we've discussed the old greeks like to fucking exchange xboxes for fucking head from little kids and stuff um yeah it's a morphing idea (laughs) it is it is a very morphing idea and you showed me on this note i mean we do just talk about trannies all the time, but, you know, I think that that's comes to the crux of our modern age, and uh, I'm deciding whether to get the operation done. But um, <laughs> Doe showed me a crazy picture, a Father's Day picture, in fact it was, um, of a certain, uh, a certain Miss Caitlyn Jenner next to a few girls. And some of the extended family. Yeah, some of the extended family, um, standing in front of, like, a June buggy in sort of a golden California sunset, G is wearing a rather rather fetching 
bit creepy sort of like Japanese horror movie. Did you really just use that college pronoun? <laughs> oh my god. Well, you said it, which I think is a bit human. Even though oh, did I? Fuck, yeah. I did that subconsciously. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, everyone. This is my reflection. I mean, just because they're freakish doesn't mean they're not human. So that's why I want to use G. But um, I don't know. Kanye's, re- Kanye's relationship to Caitlyn, I mean, I'd really... I really would love to know what that's like. That picture's crazy. Just it's a tweet from Caitlyn Jenner about Father's Day, and man, I don't know. But it was good that you said that previous article. You said you ran across that article because that's better than Caitlyn, who just ran across fucking a random pedestrian. <laughs> Check checking the nail polish. <laughs> yeah, checking checking the nail polish. Um, but yeah, Kanye. What is he? You had a theory about Kanye and some of the other men in the extended Jenner Kardashian family, didn't you? Oh, I thought. I thought that may I don't want to make it too offensive for everyone, but uh, so maybe maybe turn the volume down if you're um, if you're easily offended. But I thought that from an outside, objective, callous perspective, like you know, being being a bit fucked up and mean here, but you could say that you know without knowing any of the information, you go like, oh, there's this really dominant male guy that's had this really a patriarch of the family you know like big time life Olympian Uh done all this dominating shit and sort of for the last 10 years has been more and more just constantly upstaged by his seemingly really powerful female children and his wife that's become this crazy matriarch that seems to have surpassed anything he could have achieved in, in Hollywood you know what I mean like in the sporting arena, they can't fucking touch him, you know. Yeah. What G or whatever the fuck you're saying. They can't touch Joe. 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 But now it's gone past that. He's like past all that sporting stuff. Sorry, this is a really callous, just outside, no information perspective. Sure. But oh. you know, then that constant pressure and constant like sort of having all all these powerful women in your life being, being the source of everyone's sexual desire and seemingly having more power than you all that kind of stuff the dude's been constantly emasculated Mm. since the end of his sort of sporting career and maybe there's some some you know there's some sort of mental thing going on where he's like there's more relevance in this new life in hollywood and tmz and all this fucking useless shit on the internet Mm. it'd be easier for me to be a transgender woman or try and become a woman to get some of this crazy power that you get with being an object of desire and that's true maybe then i can be more in with my own family because i'll be sort of in with that kind of view rather than being that that throwback to the patriarchal sporting hero men's society shit you know i think you could be right because (laughs) i remember reading when fucking when vogue is supposedly it's like the trendsetter and stuff like that and you remember like kim kardashian she used to be known as sort of like just a super joke it was like haha she had the sense she's friends with paris yeah and then at some point she became friends with like anna wintour from vogue and everything (laughs) right and a whole bunch of other people like what's she doing what's anna like wintour doing hanging around with those trashy celebrities but her and Kanye managed to impress her enough that she put them on the cover of Vogue which was like a big deal because it was sort of weird and then I'm like wait a minute what was the big coming out picture of Caitlyn Jenner and shit it was him it was Caitlyn Jenner it was G on the cover of Vogue so it's like she's he saw it like, trying to adopt to that life trying to adopt like I'm, no but I'm gonna be you like my daughter thinks she's fucking good because she can get on the cover of Vogue I'm gonna get on the fucking cover of Vogue it doesn't even matter that I have a dick right now sort of you know so with that with that callous mind state 
in in mind, I thought that uh, you could make some predictions or whatever. Sure. And say that if uh, if maybe Scott Disick and even Kanye West to some extent, maybe not because he seems like pretty egomaniacal yeah. at the end of the day. But maybe yeah. if you if you have to stay there for ten years. Bruce and Jen you get transcended by your girlfriend or your girlfriend's family. Yeah. We couldn't end up seeing a little um, Kimye West or a yeah, <laughs> or a Susan Disick. <laughs> How about Caitlin? Kate, Kate, Kate West. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I if mean, the pendulum swings swings back in right. twenty or thirty years, mm. maybe you're going to have those Kim Kardashians and. All that sort of stuff, letting their armpit hair grow out and yeah. facial hair grow out, and it'll be coming back to like the male power thing. Yeah. But it'll yeah. probably take too long. But... Ken, Ken Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> but I quite like Kanye, which fucked me up when I was at doctor surgery and reading like Who magazine, and it's all this shit about Kim Kardashian, and it's like, oh, her like boyfriend or her hubby, like music music guy Kanye, as if he's sort of like just sort of an accessory, and it sort of fucked me up because to a lot of people she is sort of the main event. And stuff, <laughs> She's but... the talented one. Yeah. <laughs> She's a talent. But this photo is crazy. It's like Kim, it's Caitlyn, it's Kanye, it's that fucking kid. It's these other guys on a dune buggy in the California sunset. Yeah, it's quite caricature-ish. Well, that leads me on to, I mean, another thing I guess we can get off... I mean, we always just talk about the trainees, don't we? (laughs) So do you have anything else? I can use this as a... No, I wasn't wasn't trying to make it that offensive. It was just me pontificating about... It's open inquiry. I don't think we're being hateful, and we're giving them the attention they want so far. It was like a really dry perspective on why he may have made that decision without going into any personal issues at all. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But, um... You know, while we're on it, I mean, California, I want to talk about, it looms pretty large in our consciousness. We were just watching a thing about Back to the Future. It's the home to the Dream Factory, Hollywood, and everything else like that. Fuck yeah. And um, everyone, I've also heard the theory that, like, everyone from California is a little crazy. And um, I think part of the reason someone offered this theory that is quite good that I haven't heard of it is you might know that line from fucking, I hate to resort to it, but Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's the end of Western civilization. It's sort of the farthest West that Western civilization pushed. And all these sort of pagan and Nordic ideas from Europe, especially from the Germans, you know, that old sort of pre-Christianity pagan type stuff, um, especially having, or Stonehenge in Britain, uh, all these solstices and things like that, is that in California, as civilization expanded there, they found sort of an environment that was like that permanent sort of midsummer night, twilight, weird pagan sort of stuff that they had in Europe, which they only got one, like, every now and then, but all these cold winters, so it was sort of like this amazing sort of like light and climate and everything like that, so you've got that on one side. And Where it never really gets full blown winter. Yeah, it never gets full blown winter. Have your little naked forest fires. Yeah, and shit. Your naked forest. There's mountains. There's things. It's all very like sort of you know spiritual. The climate. It's like very healthy and stuff. <laughs> so that combined with also another trend of European civilization towards those carrying on the sort of the Roman and then the like British Enlightenment and European Enlightenment thing, is that it was a project by the time they reached California to all those people that had ideas in the renaissance of Roman society and stuff had a virgin sort of land, I mean, apart from a few Native Americans and stuff, to sort of rebuild that West and their new Western civilization, but not amongst sort of the dark, dank places of, like, Europe and everything, (laughs) but amongst this Roman sort of Mediterranean, brand-new, untouched climate to create a new sort of Rome. So those combined 
and the fact that the sun makes everyone go a little crazy. It feels that way because, yeah. like, Hawaii kind of seems like it progressed that way, being yeah, in this like way, eternal yeah. summer. Yeah, this eternal. They kept yeah. their kept their semi. I'm not, I don't want to call it pagan without knowing what I'm talking about, but you know, like that yeah, sort of native. tradition mm. going and. But yeah, I thought that was an idea that <laughs> the sort of culture and mindset of these... It gives you the, de- the time to develop it year-round and yeah. and never really have to exactly. go inside and forget about it. <laughs> yeah, just this brand new kind of, yeah, this new Rome to build. But of course, it's all like all dreams, it all ends in tragedy and, <laughs> and we know that it's all going to fall into the sea or be overtaken by... They're all just going to be too transsexual to have kids and stuff <laughs> and the Mexicans and everything, but yeah. Well, we'll have to go into a new level down of this simulation and start again yeah that's probably headquartered in California isn't it it's like a valley <laughs> the fucking the servers running that simulation must be there that'd be cool if one, if we were in an overall simulation like we've talked about before <laughs> of course and then it'd be funny if they figured out that yes okay all this code everywhere and that we're pretty much we're pretty much onto the idea that yes this is a simulation mm. but we've also come to the conclusion that we cannot get out of it like we're stuck inside the simulation so the only way to transcend it and try and live forever would be to go a level down and within this simulation build our own simulation machine and try and go into it for a million years mentally you know, and live eons inside the computer simulation. It's like, and then every time that we figure out that we're in a simulation, we just build another one and go level down. So yeah, instead of instead of actually living for millions of years, we could still have these human bodies that can't go past 100 or 120 or something. But you're living so many levels down okay. in simulations that so you're, you're, <laughs> you think you're experiencing the universe and you're only like having 120 year lifespan. So you're sort of cheating it because even though you're cheating Chronos, it's like Inception yeah. with. Yeah. simulation theory <laughs> yeah. and you're defeating Kronos by, because you can't sort of go back a dimension of time each time you go down so, so the Grim Reaper never really gets you I the mean, cheating death yeah but ultimately if we take this as being analogous to those little Russian dolls that are filled yeah. with smaller dolls aren't you ultimately still inside the biggest doll aka the doll sitting there with the robots lab sort of thing that's running us like aren't they just like you do whatever, you puny humans. You keep going back in your little dimensions, but ultimately we're the fucking robot scientists with the Russian doll. Seems like life is a fractal mindfuck. Uh, I'm trying to aspire to be Jesus Christ. Don't give me this stuff. <laughs> it's complicating it. But in that term of thinking, you kind of are. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's an easy way out, I think. <laughs> yeah, just go the vague route. Yeah. Just vague. The Lauren Hill right. He is he is in everything. Yeah, everything he is all around us. Everything is it's everything. It's just the force. Lauren Hill. It's the force. It's the, <laughs> it's the vibe it's the vibe of the thing. Um on that note, I suppose I have a quick I have a would you rather I have to pose a question. Okay. Um you can have HIV for the rest of your life. Okay. So it's a pretty benevolent structure. At, at the current pricing for medication or oh, after no, he rolls no. it back? <laughs> after that douchebag rolls it back. After he rolls it back, fuck. Oh. Okay, so you can have HIV, right? But it won't kill you. You'll still live your life for quite a while. But you're HIV positive, so you have to tell sexual partners. You have yeah, to, to deal with the whole You have to deal with that yeah. lifestyle of it. Would yeah. you rather that or have to go see every minor league baseball game for the rest of your life and travel? and, like, have to watch these shitty baseball games constantly, like, hundreds of times a year. You have to be on the road. You can't look at your phone or anything. You have to watch... You have to watch the baseball game. Yeah, you have to watch the baseball game. Fuck. 
I'm not heaps opposed to sport, but fuck, that's a that's a pretty tough call. It sounds almost even. <laughs> I work hard to get even. I take, I take the I take the baseball probably because at least you're going to have to go to the bathroom and get food and do all that stuff. It's not like you're in this tortured state shitting your pants watching baseball and starving. <laughs> okay. So maybe yeah. there'd still be enough interaction in that to entertain me enough to not want to go get AIDS and fucking no, you don't have run AIDS. away from baseball. HIV. HIV, sorry, just yeah. HIV. And run away from the baseball, but yeah, probably fucking deal with the baseball. I don't know what the league's right, but you'd be, you'd be watching a bunch of... I guess you'd get to see <laughs> you get to see America and stuff like that, but I mean... If you made me piss my pants, shit myself and not eat and die watching baseball, then yeah, I'd take the HIV. But... You'd, you'd probably get to like baseball, though, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to... I played a bit of t-ball as yeah, a Yeah, I kid. played a bit of t-ball. You know, I can throw a ball pretty fucking mean. Yeah? But, um... Bring some cricket style to that baseball. Yeah. Nonsense. They used to make us play uh, in Australia when you were under a certain age. I'm not sure if it still happens now, but it's a version of cricket called Kanga cricket. Fucking Kanga. And you'll have all plastic bats and plastic stumps and this hollow plastic ball. Barrel in the middle, sort of? Because, like, I had an older brother, like, a few years older, and my dad was heaps into cricket. I'd already sort of been messing around with them. You know, the real cricket gear and stuff. And mm. even at five or six years, I found it after one season, oh, that shit's too lame. Yeah. So I went and played T-ball for a season because um, I thought I was going to play baseball. But then because I was that young, you're playing T-ball anyway. So yeah. I played that for one season then went back to back to juniors cricket because I was like, well, this shit's just as fucking gay with yeah. a ball on a stand that you hit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty dumb. But, oh, man. High school. I Baseball's all right. I don't mind it. I like all the variety of pitches that you can, you can throw and shit and do like smashing a ball but I've always in some ways enjoyed playing sport more than mm. more than watching it yeah watching like I sport. do like watching good sport sometimes like I get suckered into rugby league a, a bit because yeah. I think I grew up and liked a team and or two and then and when I watch it now, like, yeah, it's one of the only things that can regress me mentally into being a fucking barbarian idiot mm. and just saying fucking horrible shit that oh, I don't fucking mean. smash him. Oh, you fucking no, and just him. even worse, I don't want to bring it up, but, you know, just like when your team's getting shit on, you think <laughs> you think that this ref is making these bad calls and then I'll, I'll just be saying you. horrendous shit. Yeah, like, there's something something team sport when you think you're invested it does something fucked up to me but I know that it does it to me yeah. so many people that are at the game yelling that shit don't even know that it's happening they just think yeah. they like sport yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> hard to say I mean I've never got into it that much I mean I like it when Australia's beating another team because that's just the classic nationalist it's so stupid out. you know to be know, personally invested in it like, yeah like I can't be that invested it does happen to me I'm not right I'm not shitting yeah. on anyone because it happens to me I'm like, oh, you fucking cunt just hate someone on the field and then afterwards feel bad like why the fuck was I talk, talking that level of shit about this guy I don't know who I really don't care <laughs> it's not that sportsman like but yeah I don't know I think that's all sport really was was that way to get those fucking feelings out without stabbing each other in the face so yeah ritualized combat <laughs> yeah I haven't I haven't played any for a while in primary school it's hard to believe I won the 50 meter freestyle in swimming yeah now it's like so Fuck, I would not have picked that yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, that's after, pretty dope yeah that was hard it's all downhill from there <laughs> I was sort of like um, Roger Federer when he's like oh, he, can't, he can't get anymore you know he's like thank you for the opportunity I, pe- I peaked in year 9 yeah no that was like year four or something actually. I, think, I think it was like the, the under nines or something but... reliving the primary school glory days I don't know 
Uh, as Bruce Springsteen says, the glory. Or is it elementary? Is that what it is? Elementary school yeah. in America. Yeah, I think elementary. Um, then or they, is that infants? Is it still infants? Or? Infants isn't it? Isn't it like kindergarten to three, and then I don't know. Isn't infants part of primary school? K to two is infants over uh, here. They're all potential victims to me. So. <laughs> of my swimming skills. <laughs> Even if I smoke, I still reckon I could beat them in a race these days. Oh, I've been to his um his place, and he's got a Macca's playground in his backyard. Hmm. It's pretty hardcore. Whose place? <laughs> Who's got a Macca's playground? <laughs> is that in Picton or something? Damn it. Oh man! Um, well, I, I like to. I've got a quote of the week here too. Um, my girlfriend told me about one of the girls she works with. Uh, she was at a sort of fancy little gathering um, with sort of some more more stuck up type people, perhaps uh, at like in the whatever shop circle she moved in, whatever. And uh, this topic of dinner came up, and this girl was like a baby shower and a Tupperware party oh, at the same that, time. Not that domestic, more inner city, younger kind of thing. So like an an art gallery slash graffiti party or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but like that. But she said my my girlfriend's friend was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get some pizza or whatever." I don't know. How, I don't know the specifics. And one of the girls there was like, "Oh," or like she said, "I'm gonna get something to eat." And then it was like, "Oh, what are you gonna get to eat?" She's like, oh, I was thinking some Eagle Boys pizza. And the girl at this party was like, Eagle Boys, ew. <laughs> so that's my quote of the week. Eagle Boys, ew. Like actually saying, ew. <laughs> How disgusting is that? <laughs> yeah, pizza's pizza. Pizza's pizza. <laughs> Eagle Boys, ew. Man, that shit is gross, yeah. Jenny. It's that sort of, that sort of thing. You seen any movies or anything? Uh, any new movies? Nothing, nothing particularly. I saw one that kind of fucked me up a bit because I wasn't expecting this shit to happen. Like, my um, my sister's into horror movies and stuff, right? Yeah. So we got a bunch of movies that she's got around the place, and I don't, I don't always know what they're gonna be, so. I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind watching some shit and had to look through some of the ones that she had and she had this one called I Spit on Your Grave, right? Oh, I've heard of this And one. I thought, I thought, oh, this will be just some horror movie, right? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and the, the setup of the movie, like the first half an hour, you're like, oh, it's going to be this weird horror thing, maybe some weird scary shit's going to happen. And then basically for like 20 minutes, this girl just gets gang raped. Yeah. And then it goes on like it, it It felt like it was like oh an hour of the movie or half an hour but I think it was only like 15 minutes or something but it, the way it was directed just led up to this thing and then the second half of the movie was her revenge killing all these guys for gang raping her and doing this fucked up shit to her and a shot in that sleazy and there was only way. there was one part in the movie where this guy was like oh sitting he's like he's mentally retarded or something he's sitting in the bushes and thinks thinking to himself like oh the chick's still alive because they think that they've kind of killed her because she's fallen into a river and drowned and then the retarded boy sitting in the forest like oh I think she's alive sort of thing without anything being spoken looks over his shoulder and there's this like zombie looking version of the chick like ah like this really kind of scary jump scare thing Hmm. and that was the only thing in the entire movie that was like remotely horror. horror. I'm not like I'm not saying that it was advertised as a horror thing, but I went into it with that preconception, you know. So yeah, I mean, that was the only thing. Apart from that, it was just straight up like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? 
You know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen that, and you know where I found out about it? It's that fucking Simpsons episode where Lisa's a vegetarian, and she finds out Apu's got the, like, vegetarian rooftop kind of thing. Hmm. It's where, like, Paul and Linda McCartney yeah, are yeah. And he's like, I can come up here to watch movies, and looks over, and the drive through is advertising, I spit on your grave. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd heard about it from that. <laughs> it's fucked up, I know. Is um, it an old movie as well, then? Yeah, it's from the 70s or something. Oh, I watched the 2010 version. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They, they remade that? Oh, what? dude, it's brutal. Well, the fucking original is fucking brutal as is well. Is it so. the stuff I was saying to you? Is that the, yeah, exactly yeah, the even, same? And it's done in that weird, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 70s film stuff yeah. where it's like, ah, everything looks like sort of. Yeah, it was, it was quite gross. It was sort oh. of like, if, if it's older then, because I saw the 2010, I was like, oh, this is like The Hills Have Eyes, but it's almost like The Hills Have Eyes is a version of that from yeah. the 70s, kind of thing. I mean, fuck, I don't It was know. gross, though, yeah, yeah but it was, it was just like, I was expecting, you know, some shit to happen sure. and then, like, some demons to possess yeah. some shit or. Yeah. you know the chick would die after she gets raped and then comes back as a killer zombie or something but it was just like nah this is just well, straight up sort of with horror <laughs> like with horror isn't it man that contains the greatest anxi- it was like anxiety core is it not man who contains the greatest evil though it was pretty gross who, <laughs> who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men it was just psychologically weird and shit because it was like they teased the mentally retarded kid in this way that was like you know we're gonna cut up this girl unless you <laughs> unless you have sex with her. So kind of mind screwed this guy that wouldn't do it into doing it. And like I've seen that just, it was quite all, a bit of shit. Ah, it was just gross. Mm. Sorry, yeah. Let's move on from that shit. Oh, okay, even Forrest Gump's less disgusting than that. <laughs> that is pretty fucking weird though. Well, Jenny, I love you. She fucking bars him or like rejects him yeah. constantly for thirty years, oh, and man, then at the end, when she's infected with yeah, AIDS, she'll AIDS, sleep with me, this guy. Give me a baby and shit. What the fuck is that? <laughs> when I watched that movie a couple of years ago, I watched it again. It's like okay, that part of it is disgusting. The bit that's like a baby boomer heartstring checklist kind of thing. Like oh, here he is at the Million Man March. Here he is, can like facing and defeating Southern racism. Here's like fucking Vietnam with like Creedence Clearwater playing, and here's like da 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 da. Um, yeah, and it won Best Picture, I think. And I mean, I like Tom Hanks, but and I, I don't know. The movie just comes off as it's Rob Reiner who did it, and it <laughs> just comes off as this disgusting liberal baby boomer fucking. Uh, I do like um, Tom Hanks as well, but mm. if you haven't seen it, you should check out on YouTube um, Trevor Moore's "Tom Hanks is an Asshole." Oh, really? Yeah, it's a pretty cool song. Oh, really? <laughs> do you know his son's a rapper just check it out it's weird you might not like it it's a bit fucked up song but I, I kind of laughed my ass off through do it do you know one, one of his songs is a, songs is a rapper I think I don't know if it's Colin Hanks who I sort of like He's been in some, he was in Fargo I think and I quite like him and Daniel Day Lewis's kid is a rapper who like always raps about smoking weed and shit like that's his thing but you know it must oh, be it must make Daniel Day Lewis proud yeah well, I read this in a biography of Stalin. It was saying that Stalin and Roosevelt bonded at a thing because they both had troubled kids who were, like, <laughs> alcoholics and stuff. And it is sort of hard when you have a titanic father or someone like that. That you can never eclipse. Yeah. Like, I'm easy. I'm 30 and I've left my dad in the dust. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad, if you ever listen to this. That's, that's not, not strictly true. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's the point, I think. Especially a titanic father like Stalin or Tom Hanks, you know. <laughs> Well, I was bringing it around to say I've watched... Um, I don't know if you watched Entourage when it was on. Um, and they always had a thing about how he was going to star in this movie Escobar, and it never got made. 
um, and it was going to be this like Pablo Escobar biopic, and I'm like, fuck. Well, it's being made now, isn't it? Well, it's been made. We've got Netflix at home, and they've made a series called Narcos, and I didn't know it was about it, but it's straight up like it's had good reviews too. Yeah, yeah. I've I've watched about half the season, and it is straight up like a ten episode thing about the rise and fall of Escobar, and Netflix must have so much money because this is an original series by them that they just take and put on. It's filmed in Colombia. It's like they talk in Spanish when they should speak in Spanish, so it's heaps realistic and stuff. Um, just like super high production values it's cool like DEA shit and stuff and yeah it was really cool I think I saw something vague that was like oh Narcos is disappointing but I checked it out in a whim last night and watched like five episodes and yeah it's fucking cool it's the story of Escobar over like ten hours and stuff so sort of more drawn out than a movie and it's <laughs> I definitely of, want to see that yeah it's like a good fella slash Sopranos type tone but totally all up in that Colombian shit um, and made properly like a lot of it is about the country of Colombia and stuff. It's not just this American vantage point that reduces them to nothing. And I, I reckon it's pretty cool. It's, it's sort of different in that way. And uh, yeah, I do like that. How more genuine things like that are becoming totally. now. It seems more genuine. Yeah. When I was um, quite a lot younger, when I would watch manga movies for the first time, because you're so much like raw to the experience and that, like I would prefer watching those anime movies with an English overdub yeah because I wouldn't have to read and you can concentrate on the movie but after getting used to reading subtitles and you know being able to watch a movie and read subtitles and that it started to dawn on me especially with the Japanese anime movies and manga titles and stuff that um I'm sorry sorry if I'm mangling that because I know one's animated and one's um one's animated sorry one's animated and one's a comic book but I started to enjoy the voice acting of the Japanese actors yeah. way, way more because totally. when they were doing it, they were actually in character, they were doing this shit, and then I found that when I go back and watch the... There was one called Space Adventure Cobra that I saw on SBS when I was a kid, and it was the overdub version. I was like, this movie is great. And then when I downloaded it like 10 years later, um, I couldn't find the English dub version. Oh, it was kind of shitty because I wanted to watch the thing that I watched. And then when I watched the the Japanese version, it was just... It was so much more authentic because, like, the the way they were saying shit was reflecting the totally. scene. It sounded like when I went back and tried to watch after that because I found an English version that it's just these people in a in a studio just reading the shit back. Yeah. And then they just try and match it to the thing. And it just... Yeah, yeah. You get, like... Ki- yeah, the kids always sound yeah. so yeah. immature. It's like Miller Kunis and Hugh Jackman in the studio <laughs> booth in Burbank, like, doing it. And you're like, oh, that's not A good thing. example of that is um, Shinji in Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Like, in the yeah. English version of Inga- Evangelion, the um, the kids in that, they all sound really kiddy. And when stuff happens, it doesn't sound that dramatic. It's quite cartoony. Yeah. And when I watched, went back and watched Evangelion all in Japanese... It's it's a lot more dramatic. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. something gets lost when they try and do that overdub shit when the actors don't actually understand Japanese or don't understand what's happening totally. in the entirety of the movie. But like in Narcos, if the Colombians were like speaking to other Colombians in English, like, hey, I'm doing to get my good through here, you'd be like, Oh, that's a little bit lame. But <laughs> that's straight up Colombian actors like doing it in Spanish and yeah, and you just read it and sort of get to know it a little bit and stuff, and it really gives that sort of sense of the locality. So, yeah, enjoyable. I, I like guess that. the middle ground would be... Um, have you ever watched Vikings? No, I haven't. I've heard of it. Because they sort of mix it up. Like, it'd be quite hard to do an entire show like that where you're speaking funks or whatever, you know, the Scandinavian-type languages yeah. that are probably quite difficult if you're not native to them as sure. well. And 
they they will fall into a language for a bit so that it seems authentic with subtitles and then when everyone's speaking the same language it drops back to English so that you're sort of in on all the conversations and it's easy to follow so like it's really weird like the, weird. the Viking guy will be talking like <laughs> Viking mm. and the English guy can understand him and then when it's just Vikings alone together, it sounds like they're talking English to each other and yeah. stuff so that you can understand. It's, it's done quite well, but it's sort of like this vague middle ground. I think it is progressing to that stage where it is just going to be, if you go watch a Japanese movie, it's in Japanese. It's not going to be yeah. these shitty dub versions. Totally. Unless they get better at dubbing. But um, If you had to fuck, marry, kill, Diane Keaton, Meryl Streep and Helen Hunt, I take your point about Japanese language, by the way. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask the... Oh. Helen Mirren. No, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Yeah. Helen Hunt, Diane Keaton, and Meryl Streep. <laughs> I don't know them well enough, so I'll just go with my gut and I'll say, kill Meryl. Uh... Who were the other two? Helen Hunt and... Well, it's a trick question. They're all the same person. Helen Hunt, Meryl Streep, and <laughs> Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. Yeah, marry Diane, I guess, and fuck Helen. But yeah, well, she was in the first Wife Club. You You're right, that. though. It is like yeah. they're all quite interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. So that was my point. Um, I don't know if it's true. Apparently, Obama, Osama was reading or watching. I forget whether it was watching a video. I think reading a book about 9/11 conspiracies when he was killed. No, I don't know if that's true. Who was? Osama. Was reading a book was about... reading 9/11. a book about 9-11, like reading a 9-11 conspiracy thing when he was killed. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it sounds like a YouTube comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably but um, If that's true, that's, that's pretty epic. Yeah, that, that is fucking crazy. So, let me find out why everyone hates me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he was just interested. He was like, who the fuck did do that? <laughs> So it's hard to tell. Um, but on that note, I've sort of got... Do you have anything else on that? Or maybe it's like celebrities Googling themselves. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's bullshit. I didn't do it for that. <laughs> Only 200 mentions on Jimmy Fallon show. Oh, I have to get back. I need to call my agent. What is he doing for me? Someone tell them I have brain cancer now. Dialysis has, has fallen off. They don't care anymore. Get me Oprah on the line. <laughs> Apparently he had a full thing for Whitney Houston though. He really was like infatuated with Whitney Houston <laughs> to the point that she did some crazy shit. Like after he mentioned something about her and she got like extra security or like Bobby Brown was like read like I'm gonna get her extra security and shit because like you know that was sus because he mentioned something to do with her. But he might uh, just uh, steal her away. Yeah, <laughs> he's a weird guy. But speak for private performances. Speak. <laughs> Sometimes I do that. The fucking president of... Just Ka- fly people to Dubai and yeah. this shit. Um, one of the main ones for it is the president of Kazakhstan, who's this crazy sort of tyrant type thing, and they've got all this natural gas money, and he flies the likes of, like, Kanye and shit, goes out there to do, like, two million dollar concerts <laughs> for, like, their daughters and shit like that. <laughs> oh, and i got to show you... Oh, it's like when any of those rock bands perform or big stars perform in Indonesia... It always seems to be tobacco companies paying them like millions and millions yeah. of dollars to go over there. Like, I mean, it's so much. This is kind of weird. So much sus shit's going Sponsored on. Sponsored by Marlboro. 
Oh man, but on, on the topic of internationalization, I just want to read liberal, you liberal in America and uh, exactly right wing in Indonesia. <laughs> okay, here's a thing from 2012, right? Now, regardless of what you think of this guy's politics, I want to say something about it. The EU should do its best, European Union, to undermine the quote homogeneity of its member states. The UN Special Representative for Migration has said. He's told peers the future prosperity of many EU states depends on them becoming multicultural. He says the UK's government immigration policy has no basis in international law. He says that he told the House of Lords Committee that migration was a crucial dynamic for economic growth in some EU nations, however difficult it may be to explain this to the citizens of the states. So he's this EU bureaucrat type guy who just sort of is said like, oh, you know, all immigration policies are wrong. We need to be doing that. So I had a look at who this guy was, Peter Sutherland. And so he's an EU commissioner or whatever, right? Um, this is just to say a few some of the things. Uh, he has a, he's Irish. He went to a, a, a boarding school there. He has a British knighthood. He has a European Parliament gold medal, the Grand Cross of Civil Merit from Spain, the Grand Cross of King Leopold from Belgium, the Legend de Honore and the Rio Branco from Brazil. Um, he was a former chairman of Goldman Sachs, who got $125 million personally when they floated stuff in 1999. He's on the Council of Foreign Relations. He's the chairman at London School of Economics, which received millions of pounds from the Gaddafi government and gave a PhD to Gaddafi's son. Uh, he was on the chairman for BP. He was on the chairman for Delta Airlines, um, the Council of Foreign Relations, and he attends meetings of Bilderberg and the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> so... So that guy is that guy's in. This guy's in. I mean, as far as you want to, you want to differ on like what the terms are about global elite, or if you want to call them the Illuminati, if you wanted to. But if anyone's going to, there's some shit going on. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's all this fucking um, child sacrifice and hooded robes. But there's some fucking big dogs talking to each other about shit that they weren't supposed to talk about in the '90s, and then they started saying that oh we're not talking about that we're just talking about playing chess and shit when we meet each other so but just keep in mind that this guy's never been elected to anything and this is all the shit he's got and there's photos of him meeting the pope da, 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 and, and stuff like that it happens in australian politics as well you get to a certain level that implies a position of power and then they act as if that that experience just being in a position of power no matter what you're fucking doing hmm. is interchangeable for you to go be the CEO of a bank know, or something it's like That's what, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like yeah it's obviously just this incestuous handshakes and fucking get my step auntie or like you know all yeah. these fucking weird relations I'll get them into this position and just all the fucking back scratching and shit that goes on it's inherent to it but what I want to know is that it's like sort of with money everyone does stuff for money but in terms of just like what does this guy believe what is this political <laughs> ideology and shit like what the fuck are you doing I mean, get money motherfucker I mean he gets a bunch of money and I guess you get honorary degree and certificates and then he goes before parliaments and says no your laws are wrong like <laughs> they're morally wrong like the will of the people like the international community has to do this and shit I'm like what is your end game I like, got a building for every one of my children's children exactly that's what he wants ultimately buildings for every one of his children's it's children it's immortal like. technique mm, exactly <laughs> <laughs> but I mean this guy I'd like to sit down and have a conversation with this guy and say look what are you playing at buddy What's your dealio? Peter Sutherland. So, if you hear this, I have been murdered by the Illuminati. <laughs> Fuck. If your car explodes. Oh, yeah. man, I'll get straight out the front. That'll be Narcos Columbia style <laughs> and shit. 
Oh, pa- Pablo Escobar. You don't have a Volkswagen, do you? <laughs> Pablo Escobar, I'd read about this, and they did this in the actual show, but it's true that um, ultimately they got all this evidence on him when he got too big and kept it at the Supreme Court at the Palace of Justice in Bogota in Colombia because they figured it was the only place that was incorruptible in the country, like locked in these vaults. So Pablo, Kept all the ev- evidence, all the evidence against Pablo. Yeah, that they were yeah. going to prosecute. So... They're like, how the fuck are we going to get out of this? We're going to get extradited and stuff. And Pablo basically has these links with um, M19, who are the communist guerrilla movement. And, uh, you know, they'd had run-ins before, but then uh, the M19 guys stole the sword of Simon Bolivar, who liberated Colombia from the Spanish, and gave it to Escobar as a present. As a present, This is true, and he works with them. He gets these M19 guerrilla guys to stage a military revolutionary-style assault on the Supreme Court. Uh, in the in the process, half the supreme judges in the country get killed. But ultimately, the main aim—it's all like just oh, to burn all the fucking evidence. To to burn fucking <laughs> burn all the evidence, all of Pablo Escobar's evidence. Um, he meets them afterwards, and uh, yeah, just kills them. He offers. He offers. I don't know if this bit's true, but in the show, he offers the leader of the kind of revolutionaries <laughs> back the sword, like, "Oh, this is for you again. I return it as a gift." And they're like, "Thank you. We'll work together." And then, bah, 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 they just mow him down and take the sword back and the money. Um, so Pablo Escobar is pretty epic. I mean, blowing the fuck. Yeah, that just wouldn't occur to you in like a quote unquote normal country. <laughs> like, oh, we're getting busted. Like, ah. Oh, well, in in a different in a more first world in parentheses country. He would probably end up being that Bilderberg guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, in his country, it's like you can be fucking hot and you can go far, being the fucking hot-headed, kill everything, yeah, get to the top as long as you're fucking ruthless. But well, this is you got to be secretive and shit in this first is world countries. Part of the theme is that he could try. He gets elected to parliament, and then an attorney general's like, "No, we can't do this narco money," and gets shamed out of it. And <laughs> Colombia's sort of parliament's all run by like super old school like land owning conquistador sort of money and stuff you know way more than here but like old sort of lords and you know that and he tries with all his money and he can't get accepted by them and it sort of causes this hole in his heart that he can't fill and stuff so he's got all the money in the world but he has can't gain acceptance within his own culture he has (laughs) aspirations about that like what are we going to do with all this money like and it's like he for Escobar does yeah Escobar because he he built heaps of like soccer fields soccer fields clinics what is it favelas Medellin and stuff poor city he was like the saviour of the it's a double edged sword though like you want to be like oh he was being really good to the favelas but at the same time he's sort of got this influx of drugs here's the thing it's not an influx of drugs to them He's exporting all this money. He's just getting money from Americans. Money in, yeah. He's bringing billions of American dollars in and redoing it from like rich cokehead assholes in Miami to spending fucking. So their clinics. ghettos were already there. It's irrelevant to a cocaine problem. Yeah, that that problem Colombia had was the massive, massive influx of billions of dollars, and also in an unstable country where that goes to and everything, you know. Um, but so if you're a local Colombian fucking living in the slum and stuff like that, it doesn't really hard for him not to be a hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get at. It would be hard for him to not be a hero showing up and where everyone's these old money oligarchs and here's this cool guy. Hey, I'm giving all this money to this and this. Like, I'm studying yeah. scholarships and he's just getting, bi- like, billions. They said... Um, it is garnering the, you know, the the a, people yeah. and all that kind of shit, but at the same time, it's peak. hard to deny that there's some positivity in there. As bad as it sounds, it's like, he did build a fucking soccer field for some kids. You know? At its peak, he was bringing in his organisation, the Medellin Cartel, $60 million a day. <laughs> you just, when you you see that other side of it, and it's just heads in boxes, and fucking all the murder, and all the fucking ridiculous shit that goes on, 
it's hard not to be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to know about that. That guy's insane and evil. But you know, it's all perspective. If he was already in a place where that shit's going on, Colombia had problems yeah. already and stuff. I mean, one of the guys on the show, he's like giving a speech to politicians, and you say. They say that God made our land so beautiful, which is true. It is. It's an amazing country that it wouldn't be fair to the rest of the world. So he populated it with a race of evil men. <laughs> and this is like a Colombian himself saying it. So um, crazy place, crazy place. Narcos. Good show. Check it out. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Yeah. It's cool. I saw this article recently mm. uh, in, in the US. I think they're coming to Australia soon, but... They've got fairy floss flavoured grapes. Hmm. They've would... done this genetic variation stuff. It's not like it's not like genetically modified. Like, oh, we're fucking with the genes on it with these syringes and da da da. It's just the way that you would splice plants normally. I think it's like sure. breeding plants together, finding the one that tastes kind of more like fairy floss, okay, breeding it with another right. one, and then getting it all the way whittled down to this so one that ends getting, up tasting like fairy floss. It's not getting this crazy like factory fairy floss syrup and sort of... It's sort of like it. artificially selecting it and gen- genetically modifying it, but over generations by cr- crossbreeding. Well, where does the flavour of fairy floss come from? What do they put in fairy floss to make it taste that way? Isn't it just like sugar? It's basically <laughs> sugar, right? Maybe it's just a super sugary grape. I thought that sounded fucking dope. Very Imagine fun. if it's just as um, I'm. It's hard to believe that would be the same nutritional value, but Maybe if they are, damn, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Fuck, like picking duck flavored chips. I got they're pretty underwhelming though. Grape grape flavored fairy floss. I could understand, but fairy floss flavored grapes. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. Eating fruit instead of pure sugar. It's got to be better, right? You're Some right. people go to that extreme where they're like, oh, if you have too much fruit, it's the same as having all this like way too much hectic sugar. But well, it is right. At least it it's more natural than just straight up refined sugar. Just eating plums every day and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that sounded cool. Oh, the other the other weird thing was um, you remember the song the Macarena? Of course, I do, yeah. Did you know what the lyrics are about? No, I didn't, but I would be interested to find out. I'd never given it much thought. I didn't know what they were about either. And it, this is the one that's like, hey, no, 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 Macarena. Hey, Macarena. It's pretty, okay. pretty shit. I hated it when it came out. Mm. <laughs> Basically, there's been a translation, and then the newer version that we heard when we were growing up, I think, was this even more recent translation. So. That's basically says... Now, don't you worry about my boyfriend, the boy whose name is Vitorino. I don't want him. Can't stand him. He was no good, so I... (laughs) (laughs) Now, come on. What was I supposed to do? He was out of of town, and his two friends were so fine. Okay, yeah, go on. So it sounds like um, the Macarena is about this girl that... um... (laughs) Gets double-teamed by boyfriend's mates when he's out of town. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I wish I, I wish I knew that when I was growing up. It would have been a much more. It would have been like my um, my teenage rock set. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I didn't think of that song as very sexy at all. I didn't realize it was so sexual. <laughs> and then you're doing all these moves, putting your hands on your ass and stuff. Like, fuck. Mm. What is it? Is it Brazilian or something? I bet it is. Those degenerates over there. Uh, it's in Spanish. Where is it from? Yeah, his two friends were so funny. Yeah, I remember that. I can't believe we haven't asked that. I don't want him. I can't stand him. He was no good, so I. 
Oh. It may be from Spain. It doesn't really say in this article, but I just thought that was pretty awesome that we're all... I was like, oh, this song's so lame, and, like, all the girls are dancing, you know, in that, like, immature mind state, like, this song's, this song's gay. It's and fun. then you look, at, look back at it now, it's a, it's a fucking raw dog song about double-teaming and shit, like... And it's empowering the girl as well. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to fuck your two friends. Man, if that song's going to come out of anywhere, it's going to be Brazil or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, Brazil, Brazil's Portuguese, though, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, it's Spanish. Yeah. Oh, either way, that's fucked up. But I noticed that the headline for it is 90s kids lose their innocence. And, uh, <laughs> like, when I listening to it, which is, like, you know, whatever. Well, I just lost my innocence. Yeah, oh, man, I did. That chick lost her. I didn't actually. I did. She was very innocent before she did the Macarena. Um, but. In Ace of Base, the producer-type guy is, like, a mad fucking Nazi, like, neo-Nazi. And he really is. Yeah, and he oh, has been since back then, like, all, all involved with, like, the Swedish neo-Nazi sort of, like, <laughs> like, industrial scene and shit. And even back then, I think it was Oh, involved. that's heavy. Yeah. And I heard some recently, and it's like... This- I saw the sign! Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sign did he see? Was it a swastika? <laughs> Jesus. Fuck it. Nice. Opened up his eyes. Fuck. And fun fact, that was the first album I ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's messed up. I had crazy shit. Before I got into punk and sort of more did on that track, I had crazy shit. I love Michael Jackson as a little kid. Um, Ace of Bass I got into. And once when I was like, I would have been about nine or something, my parents got me Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. <laughs> that was the first rap album I had. And it was all this crazy fucking obnoxious shit. I don't know. I guess they just had Gangster's Paradise and bought it for me, but <laughs> it was pretty fresh. I was, um, when I was 10 or so, I'm pretty sure... My parents were good at following through with stuff that I would ask for occasionally and sure. ask for the uh, Rage Against the Machine album. Oh, that's pretty cool. When I was about 10, when it just came out. And um, they got it for me. That's cool. And it had the the full version of Killing in the Name with yeah. the uh, the special end end sequence. A special end sequence. Oh, oh that shit was so badass when but, you took it. But it had already been bought for me, you know, and then yeah. I'd already listened to it and it had the bad words. So, like, you know, yeah. it's done now, so... I was rocking that shit for a while. It was pretty fast. Oh. That, that could have fucked me up in some develop, developmental stage, right? Mm. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me! Yeah, I heard around the same time. It's hard at this age to grasp. But we never used to hear that end bit on Rage and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I remember. You'd have to stay up real late to get the answer. Oh, I remember listening to shit on the radio with a tape player to tape stuff and shit <laughs> off like the Hottest 100 and everything. So that was a good one, but the... The biggest con that afterwards, one of those ones where you're a kid and you're like, oh, I feel bad now. Mm. But I was sick from I was sick from school and I was in May. Like it must have been between year two and three mm. or four. So it pro- I think it was before this Rage Against the Machine shit. I was probably about eight mm. and maybe seven. <laughs> and my mum's like, oh, do you want to get a video? Because I'm like, oh, sick, coming home from school sure. or maybe going from dropping one of our my brother or sister to school and then yeah. I'm on my way home. Because you can't stay at home. When, sure. You know? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, can you get me Robocop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. And she went in and got me Robocop without yeah. checking, like, the cover. Just like, oh, do you ask them? Like, do you have Robocop? And they're like, yeah, we got Robocop. And just yeah. gave it to her. And she just, you know, took it out in the bag. And Sweet. when I took it home, then she looked at the cover and it's like, R-E-T. <laughs> so, what? And I'm like, oh, sorry. I thought you knew it was because, like... Because, you know, my brother and dad had it last week. I thought you already knew it was rated that, like, totally straight-up kitty lying and stuff. Sure. And then, <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you knew. But then it was cool. She's like, oh, we've already got it now, so you may as well watch it. Like, that's, good, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I remember two movies. <laughs> two movies my parents wouldn't let me watch. 
And they pretty much let me watch both things they trusted whatever I grew up. But for some reason, I don't know why exactly. Um, one was on video and one I wanted to hire, but the two movies I distinctly remember not being allowed to watch were The, the Craft and Once Were Warriors. <laughs> I don't know why, but they really didn't want me to watch those. Once Were Warriors is the first one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Jake the Moss. Yeah, Jake the Moss. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense, but they built it up so much that it was sort of like an episode of Home and Away for me. What age were you around the time? Oh, I, would have been I guess there's, there's probably some... You know, you don't want to fully smash your kid's head with heaped freaky shit when they're in their developmental stage, but if it is years and years long, it's like kind of hard to avoid some of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, how you know what I mean? Like, did they really? I can understand them not wanting you to watch a movie with a pretty fucked up rape scene yeah, and yeah. people killing themselves and shit in it. Like, yeah. if you're like eight or ten or something, but yeah, I never understood when parents didn't want their kids to watch like Terminator Two or just something that's so fantastical. Yeah, maybe because of the violence and shit, but. I think that was mainly more religious families and stuff. That yeah, I, I figured they can't really talk because the baby boomers already like trash traditional morality with their fucking rock and roll and stuff. So it's a bit richer than to be like, oh. <laughs> it's like, like as if they're these good Christians and shit. You're like whatever. sex in the street and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, sex in the street, like fucking a Woodstock <laughs> or doing whatever. They mud do. fucking. Yeah, mud fucking. Like, <laughs> we, vote, we voted for Gothwell, um, ha ha ha, and all this shit. Like, I remember when Kennedy died, man landed on the moon. You're like, that didn't even happen. You fucking acid soaked fuck. <laughs> What's what's so bad about the craft there? What are they doing? There? I don't know. It's just I don't know. My mum, my mum in particular, had an aversion to it. And I stuff. guess it's kind of weird. It's but... kind of weird, but they let me watch any other shit. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she just thought it was trash. She was like, "Don't watch that." Yeah, trash. that's probably a good call. <laughs> or it could have been. It looks pretty fucking trashy. Although she could have had some old fucking residue Catholic sort of thing. Like, oh, this like not liking this occult sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, she like, wasn't yeah. practicing, but just like, oh, like, oh, it just puts me off. And yeah. just listen to these fucking little sluts doing, <laughs> doing their magic. My son's not going. You know, watch this yeah but yeah I saw it and it was pretty good oh I did see another movie the other day um yeah. I, I rewatched it my girlfriend suggested Fear with Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon <laughs> you know where she dates him and he's a bad boy and stuff. it's pretty cool and yeah, I haven't seen that forever the dad's the guy from CSI and he does his fucking little glasses moves at certain times <laughs> but he picked it up in there alright but yeah that's about it did you hear this thing where I think recently they figured out the piece of genetic code that like enables the AIDS virus right they have okay yeah so they've been weaving a piece of that DNA you know how they build like carbon nanotubes and stuff with these hectic machines so they've been weaving a piece of this uh, DNA of the AIDS virus and soon the strand is going to be so large that it's going to be the first true AIDS quilt <laughs> so what's that strands of DNA is it and just yeah, it's just complete bullshit. Comprising. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I think I think that's a progressive measure. I think that's good what scientists are doing. Yeah. Make, manufacturing AIDS quilt out of strands of DNA. I'm quite impressed. So with that's that. another one of my new failed bits. <laughs> no, I think I heard that was real. I think they're actually, I think they're actually doing that. So don't doubt I think yourself. I got the inspiration of it off one of those videos on the internet where these weird... I don't know if they were lesbians or just feminists or whatever. They were going around asking gay people in hairdressers for their hair. I think it might have been on Tosh too. And they made a 
full-on jacket out of gay people hair. Oh, that's... And then they would put it on people like, oh, yeah, wear this, and then they'd tell them afterwards that it's gay people's (laughs) hair. And, like, that's all cool and shit, but it's kind of... That's pretty Uh, inflammatory. Yeah. Trying to fuck up people. (laughs) It is pretty, yeah. That may may be offended by it or whatever. (laughs) Well, even apart from the gay thing... It's shit to be offended by, don't get me wrong, but I just thought that in in itself that was kind of weird, and then you might be putting this jacket on, and if you didn't know it was human hair beforehand, now you do. That could just be gross yeah. enough in itself. Even apart from the gay thing, who wants to wear a jacket made of human hair? That's like this serial killer shit. Fuck. So I say that's pretty weird. But if we go, if we go down the next level, all right, that, okay. We could uh, make our own AIDS quilt out of AIDS. To what end, though? What could we do with that to keep the AIDS warm? Just to raise place? awareness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That really. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I distinctly remember in year five, I. Uh, was at a school camp with my friend Sam and it was a talent quest and you know people did various things it was down on Berry on the south coast yeah. and me and him so we would have been about nine um, and we decided to do a comedy little stand up this is the only time I've ever really done stand up so about nine <laughs> years old me and my friend and we had three jokes right and um, they were rewarding points because of the talent quest and the three jokes where we got up there and we were like oh, how do you make a cat go woof cover it in petrol and set fire to it <laughs> how do you make a dog go meow pass it through a circular circular saw <laughs> and then the last one we're like okay there's a man and a woman in the lift right and you know they look at each other she gets in suddenly the cable snaps and it starts plummeting to earth and they know they're gonna they know they're gonna die and the chick's like looks at him and she she looks at him and with lust in her eyes knowing she's gonna die and she grabs him and says make me feel like a woman one last time so he rips off his shirt and says here fold this <laughs> so those are the three jokes we told <laughs> Um, Did you get detention or what? <laughs> out of the points, I mean, the points, it was just before dessert, so people who won first got to go first. I think so when it was on 25 or something, three judges. Um, me and my, Sam got minus four, I think. <laughs> um, and they made us wait 10, 15 minutes after everyone else to go and be able to get dessert, so they really didn't like it. And when I think about it, I'm like, that's kind of fucked up. They really must have liked it to give these little nine-year-olds, yeah. like, that's not just like ha 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 it's sort of like oh like i must have been annoyed to punish them so they were probably jealous of your um of your jokes jealous of our youth i think <laughs> um way, how, how old were you doing this nine, cool crass jokes yeah nine, so. year five it was, so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's sort of fucked up joke but uh yeah but I, I i guess well do you have anything else you want to mention i'm not sure if you could uh redo that material right now but maybe if you did it'd be like some weird um kind of What's that dude out of Billy Madison and shit? Ha <laughs> ha! Norm or something? Norm MacDonald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do it like that, like trolling comedy kind of thing. <laughs> that would work. Trolling comedy, yeah. He's so why does, a, why does... How does a cat say... Cat say woof? <laughs> His podcast's quite good if you haven't heard of it, but yeah. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. yeah. It is good. But um, he's, he's fucking dry and crazy. It's cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> So do you have anything else? I think we've covered covered a bit of ground. Covered more ground than the Dakar rally on a clear day. Covered more ground than a wide-ranging parliamentary inquiry. <laughs> covered more ground than the guys in charge of the AstroTurf at fucking Texan Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> covered more ground than a GPS satellite trying to take high-detailed orthographic maps of the terrain. Covered more ground than a giant jizzin' on coffee beans. Why coffee beans? 
ground coffee beans. Oh, ground. Okay. <laughs> As you can see, we've covered a lot of ground this episode. So have you seen this shit uh, called ZMA before? I can't say I have. What is ZMA? Uh, I heard about it through one of Joe Rogan's old podcasts with this sure. guy called Victor Conti. And he was one of the guys that got called during the whole steroid hearings thing back in the is it Clinton days? Even? Yeah. And I think you showed me the interview with him and stuff. Yeah, it was, so he's it was crazy cool. European sort of guy, right? Uh, is he? Or no, he's like American. he used to be in Tower of Power, the band, and okay. he's got this little pencil thin mustache and all oh, this shit. That's crazy. Okay. Um, he's American. Yeah. But he helped heaps of guys with performance enhancing stuff that wasn't illegal at the time. Then yeah. it became illegal, and sure. then, you know he was sort sort of semi shady maybe, but <laughs> came out with all this really cool shit on the podcast. Hmm. And was mentioning this, um, <laughs> this ZMA, which all it is is zinc, magnesium, and vitamin B6, right? And I work out like. Why isn't it ZMB then? Uh, ZMA active. Maybe it's <laughs> vitamin B6. I have no idea. Zinc ZMB. amino acid, magnesium phosphate. Just wondering where the A comes and from. And magnesium aspartate. Okay. That's probably yeah, Just your old aspie. Yeah. And some sorry, priodoxine hydrochloride, which is the vitamin B six. You've got to have the priodoxine hydrochloride. <laughs> but basically, the the general gist was he was saying that it helps heaps with recovery when you take them at night and sleep, mm-hmm. and it seems to have a decent correlation between boosting testosterone and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't work out too too much. There was a, sure. maybe time year a half two years ago. I was doing like four times a week Mm -hmm. and it was quite good then but I'm probably on like one and a half two times a week now and when I have them like the night of working out it really seems like you recover a lot quicker and you're not as sore in the morning and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff but one of the other benefits of it because it is like and I'm not sure if it's scientifically proven that it's boosting your testosterone but Mm. you take three of these things and your morning would will be raging like a motherfucker. Like it does something to you, and it makes your libido sort of pick up as well. But it, it really helps with muscle recovery and all this kind of stuff. I'm, you know, not hocking it or anything. Like fuck, you're not going to check it out them? yourself. But you're not getting paid. I buy it for myself, and I found when I take and stuff, you you do seem to recover a bit easier and shit. And I thought it was quite interesting that it is just a, a combination of these three things that are completely fucking legal. And it seems to have quite a noticeable effect when you have it at night. And it's true. Just this recovery shit. And yeah. it'll get you randy, mate. That's true. Placebo technology has come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me those sugar pills with the dicks on them. Oh, man. Oh, hey, man, you got a sugar dick? It's like, <laughs> it's like a white Mitsubishi and stuff. Can I get a sweet dick? Can really? I get a sugar? All right. No, that sounds... You've sort of sold me. That's like some set it and forget it shit. Yeah. Even, even if you don't work out, you get a few at night, wake up in the morning and just go hard, mate. Just go hard. <laughs> go hard in the motherfucking taint. Um, I, okay. I think... But we, no, look it up for yourself and shit. It's like pretty... Um, I thought it was pretty helpful for uh, muscle recovery and shit. That's probably the magnesium. It relaxes your muscles a lot and blah, blah, blah. But... Fuck yeah! I thought that uh, that ended up working out quite well for me trying these placebo pills and having yeah. them work. So, all right. Well, as a similar endorsement, I'd recommend um, a Oreo McFlurry. I had one on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of it fills essential creams and chocolates uh, that you need. Um, it's got vitamin chalk, and it's a reasonable price. And you know, I'd probably eat another one right now. I think it's good. I I can't attest to how horny it's made me yet. 
You um, momentarily feel that hole in your soul. Yeah, the Terminator hole in your soul. <laughs> um, well, that's what we try and do here on the Cones and Dough Show. We like to fill your hole. Um, With a bit of soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm not talking about foot fetish shit here, all right? It's not... Welcome to Detroit, <laughs> Detroit, where we fill that hole in your soul with the classic Motown hits. <laughs> what can you do but laugh, I ask you, my good friend? You got any music this week? I don't. That was a pretty fresh fucking intro, though. I did like that. I'll have to, uh, we'll have to come back to it if you finish it as a song sometime. All right, I might have a little, little look-see, a little play around on that. Let's see if I got something for the soul hole right here. Yeah, to fill the hole in your soul with a whole lot of soul. That's the Cones and Doe Shoal. Maybe as a uh, as a juxtaposition, I'm not sure if that's the right word Sounds to uh, to the "fuck your face, fuck your shit" song from uh, the yeah. first episode. Yeah, to that vulgar stuff, yeah. Oh, I ran one on. I made only a few days ago, really, called "Infinity," mm-hmm. and I think I avoid swearing for almost the whole song. And then I say shit about six times or eight times at the end. So, so to finish it off, we'll have some "Infinity," which is some. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, some non-vulgar, some positive. Bring some positive vibes. That's what we want to do this show. There's so much hate in the world. We're going to elevate your consciousness after we've just brought you down to our level. Exactly. (laughs) We're like the sergeant in full metal jacket. We're going to break you down, make your sister give us a rusty trombone, build you back up as soldiers. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking maggot! I didn't know they stacked shit that high! See you, Cones. See you, Doug. Relates to something, and I'm a part of something, so I'm never really nothing. My relationship with nothing makes me feel I'm part of something, and I've never felt nothing. Imagine if this song went for 